My name is Pastor Sam Powell. I'm the pastor of First Reformed Church in Yuba City, California. And the only way to start something is to just start it. Uh, we can polish as we go along and maybe learn some things as we go along and see what we're going to do. But my goal in this is to learn about our Lord Jesus, speak about our Lord Jesus, show how he appears on every page of the scripture. Um, I love the Old Testament stories. I love the Old Testament accounts, um, how those holy men and women of old looked forward to the coming of the Savior and endured so many things waiting for him to come. I enjoy those, and I, I like sharing those, and this is a format to help share those. Today I'm thinking about longing, about uh, that hole that we have inside that something is missing. And no matter where we go or how hard we strive, there's a restlessness within us. This feeling that maybe we're not quite home yet. And it isn't just Christians that have that. It's universal to the uh, human condition. Uh, we all have that longing. There's so much pain and restlessness around and emptiness. Whether you have an immense amount of wealth or whether you have nothing or whatever it might be. It's just this pain, that uh, this longing and this emptiness, even in joyous times. You're like, this isn't filling what I'm longing for. We yearn. We were created that way. We are created to long for beauty and wisdom. We were created to uh, see the fruit and feel the taste on our tongue and see the beauty of uh, a woman and uh, see the beauty of nature and hear the babbling of the brooks and, and long for that. But none of that can fill this emptiness that we have. What went wrong? Of course, we know from the Bible that what went wrong is what we call the fall of man. In Genesis chapter 1, after God created everything beautiful, uh, after God created everything and said, Behold, it's very good, uh, then the last thing he created was mankind. He created men and women out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and took from his side a woman and uh, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone, Adam said. And God said they were created, male and female, in his image, after his likeness. Men and women were created to reflect. We're never going to be originals. We're like the moon. We shine the light from somewhere else. We don't have a light of our own. We don't have creativity of our own. We don't have anything of our own. Everything that we have comes from another, for that's how we were created. We were created beautiful and pure and with the ability to reflect God's wisdom and beauty and his rule, his dominion over all creation. That's how we were created. We were created, as the Heidelberg Catechism says, to live with him in eternal blessedness, to praise and glorify him. We were created to rest in him, to be at peace in him. But for Adam, this wasn't enough. 
Adam was deceived. He wanted more. He longed for more. He wanted to be an original. But being an original isn't possible. For he only had two choices. He could listen to the serpent, or he could listen to God. He didn't have originality. He wasn't created with originality. He was created to reflect. And he chose to grasp for originality, which isn't possible. And he lost everything. He also acted as the representative of all of mankind. And so when he fell, all creation fell. God said to him, The day you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And Adam, in his grasp to be original, listened to the voice of his wife. He reached out and took the fruit that she gave him, and he ate it. And the Bible says immediately their eyes were opened. What a thought. What a... An immense thing. Think about it for a moment. Man and woman, the moment they ate that fruit, saw for the first time the possibility of death. They knew what it was to be afraid and alone and alienated and ashamed. And they hid from God and hid from one another because they were afraid. They were ashamed. Now their nakedness was no longer an, a freedom of innocence, but it was a shame. Something they needed to cover up. They needed to hide from God's face. They needed to hide from one another. Now for the first time, they knew what it was to be ashamed and afraid and isolated and cast out. And yet, they didn't immediately die. The principle of death was begun in them. They were alienated from God. And so the curse did come upon the world just as God said it would. But there's something else that happened, something crucial. And that something crucial is what we call grace. It's God reaching out in compassion and pity and mercy and providing life to us who choose death. It's an astounding thought. It happened with our first parents, Adam and Eve, in paradise. As soon as they fell, it came to them in the voice of the Savior saying, Adam, where are you? There, that terrifying question, where are you, is the invitation of grace. There's only one possibility for Adam. He can stay in the bushes and stay hiding behind his fig leaves and die. Or he can come out, stand naked before his creator, and live. And yeah, now everything has changed. Now there's alienation. Now there's distrust and brokenness and sin and a broken fellowship and death enters the world. And now there's pain and sorrow and suffering. But there's also the holdout of grace. For here Adam is standing before his maker, but he's not dead. And he's driven from the garden. 
because now fallen man cannot be in God's presence, for God is holy, and God cannot dwell with sinful man. So Adam and Eve are driven out of the garden, but God first provides clothing for them in the first sacrifice. An animal dies instead of Adam and Eve. God provides a substitute. And he takes the skins from that animal and he clothes Adam and Eve as a promise that someday one is going to come. His blood would be shed and he will die in our place so that we might be covered with that which only he can cover us with. Mankind will soon learn that this covering is the righteousness of Christ. We'll talk more about that later. But here are Adam and Eve covered with this clothing from an animal. Clothed with a covering provided by something else. An alien righteousness, as we will learn in the future. And as they're outside of the garden, east of Eden, to use John Steinbeck's phrase, They look back, and there they see two cherub, two cherubim, where they used to fellowship with God. Now there's cherubim marking the holy of holies, the place where God's holiness was manifested, his purity and his beauty and his goodness and his light. But now it's fading away. It's off in the distance. Adam and Eve are no longer there. They see it from afar, and there's something Worse than that, in between that holy of holies and Adam and Eve, there's a sword facing every way to guard the garden, to guard the way to the tree of life. Now death is in the world and that sword must fall. But there's the picture of grace, the promise as Adam and Eve look back that one day the way back in to God's presence, will be revealed to mankind. It's now been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. His blood, as we read in the scripture, has opened the way to the Holy of Holies. So now we do, in principle, stand in God's presence. And yet, we are still sinful. We are still clothed in the righteousness of another, so that we can come into God's presence. But we're still in this cursed world. Our bodies are still liable to death. And there we have the answer for that longing. That thing we all cry out for. That missing perfect beauty. The missing perfect song. The missing perfect love and tenderness and compassion. The missing perfect wisdom. We see glimpses of it and pictures of it. But it's not perfect yet. And we all know it. But we long for that day. We long for the day when Christ will give us rest and we will enter into his presence and see him face to face. That's the overview of what all of Scripture is about. From the beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of grace. And it's what I want to share with you over the next few weeks. May God bless you. Have a great day.